Welcome to the podcast episode 9. Today we're going to dive down the rabbit hole of building muscle. We will go over the main mechanisms of hypertrophy, progressive overload, programming, periodization, what micro, meso and macro cycles are, nutrition and supplementation for hypertrophy, recovery and sleep, and then we'll answer some questions at the end. But before we dive into that, we haven't had a catch up for quite a long time. We've just been having such great guests on, yeah. the, on the show. But um, Andy's back in Naivasha, which is exciting. It uh, feels like years. Yeah, months. Back in 254. You're back. <laughs> back in the land of good internet. <laughs> well, from the land of good internet. Uh, to that but you know, hopefully it holds up. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. It's great to be back, uh, back in my little bubble. There, easy. You know, I'm in a nice little groove. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, there's a lot I miss about not being in the UK, but back in the groove of training. Not that I was out of groove. It just means I have to drive to a gym. Yeah, now you've, you're back in your gunslinger saloon and uh, yeah. some new yeah, equipment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Got my gym. Just waiting on the pendulum. Still, was you know. There's some tests done on it this week, and we've just got to change the leg for the backrest. Um, but yeah, so we're trying to get that perfected because I'm on the bicycle and it's going to break my knee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just wait for that. Um, what else? But no, literally, since I got back, I've been eating the same meal four times a day, every day, plus the same you know, snacks like a protein. They're like my pre training, I've got some dextrose pre and post training with like you know like i'm having because i've just finished training so just having protein shake with some dextrose added to refill the muscles up um what calories are you on now yes not too high uh just over three thousand okay okay now that's that's decent yeah (laughs) edging back up there but as i said to leon what's happening at the moment is calories go up i have about a week where I look like I'm gaining fat. Then the next yeah. week, <laughs> yeah. I seem to lean out again. My weight sort of stays the same or goes up a little bit. I'm, I'm just under 200 pounds at the moment, which is good since I started at 170. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm doing okay. The aim is, you know, get up to Christmas, be hopefully by Christmas 205, 210, somewhere like that. Yeah. Up and then have Christmas, get enjoy Christmas, then do a mini cut. Let's start again. Um, nice. So, yeah, we're in a good spot. Um, as I said, I've just been eating. I bought, I buy kilos of uh, beef fillet because I've, I realised it's as cheap as chicken. Chicken and beef cost the same here in Kenya. So, um, it's a lean meat. And then, literally, I've got a mince in the kitchen. I just mince it. Because what I was noticing with a lot of the beef mints I was buying was bits of gristle and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, right, I'd rather buy beef fillet, more expensive, but mince it. That's what we do. Yeah. Add, my, add my stir-fried vegetables. Then um, have it with a little bit of rice. Oh, you're the, add olive oil. The fibre king. Oil. Oh. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah, because um, we do the same. Breakfast, breakfast, lunch, dinner, fourth meal, and then I have a, then I have a protein shake with dextrose post-training. And I have a little bit of dextrose pre-training with my AAs. 
Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, we had the same with the gristle. Oh, and then I, well, I've actually lost a tooth from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. First week I got back, I went to Carthel, bought loads of lean beef bits. But say, little bits of gristle, even Carthel stuff. I was like, oh, I've just done enough, you know, poor quality stuff. We got some good beef in Kenya. Problem mm -hmm. is with the mints, you don't know what they're using to make the mints, what cuts. So I was like, right, to be consistent, if I just buy beef fillet, We'll remove all the excess fat, then mince it, because I'd rather have my fat back at the end with olive oil. Exactly. Or yeah. Butter. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. So rather than having all the fat in the meat itself, keep it lean and add the fat to the yeah, end. Yeah, great. Yeah, because we are lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are lucky the guy I used to deliver does does that for us. So we buy the lean yeah. beef, he minces, and then because it's not high quality enough that you would want to eat it without mincing. It's still a bit well, yeah, chewy. It's good. Yeah, it's very chewy. Fillet, <laughs> the only thing with Kenyan fillet is not really good for steaks. Because mm -hmm. they're really thin and you end up having little steaks. Because all good beef goes for export. And then left within Kenya is the thinner ends of the, the fillet. Typical, typical. Some are just very chewy. Yeah, some are just very chewy, and you just end up chewing for. Yeah. Half You're doing jaw hour. hypertrophy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's what we will recommend if you want to grow your jaw muscles. Yeah, jawseps. Jawseps. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the thing. When you finish it, you just need a massage. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh dear. Well, I uh, had that one. At the dog show, I was at a dog show last weekend, yeah. as you know, and um, I was having, I didn't take any food with me, so I was having steak, a steak fair. I was like, alright, we just ate four times, well, two twice during the show, and I'll eat after. Um, but that was like, that's <laughs> tough. Like, oh, yeah, gosh. You're tired of eating before the meal is done. <laughs> Tell me about you guys. Well, I'm well, still... So, nuclear now yeah i've been i've been cutting for it's almost six weeks now um yeah. uh weight has plateaued this week so i will be cutting calories uh on the weekend so but it'll still be 1800 which is uh, it's actually it's not it's been a breeze which has been really great yeah i've i've been really enjoying it so far so long may that last and yeah still no cardio just doing steps i'll probably just increase those now to between thirteen thousand five hundred to fourteen thousand um yeah no it's I've, it's it's been it's just been it was just such a relief to stop parking so well, well i was also saying though but you you made use of the off seas like in the, yeah your bulk in fact you push your calories quite high which means you can cut at two thousand eighteen hundred yeah. calories because you know and for a while you get a lot of benefit from that because your calories went, were high enough. And this is a problem. A lot of people try to build muscle, and we go on to say, without pushing the calories high enough. So when we go to carp, we have to cut on a very low amount. And you're like... It's, it's so hard. Like, I have so much wiggle room. I can use cardio, which I haven't yet, without cutting calories. Yeah. I, I can, you know... Because I'm not going to be cutting, I'll be Which doing like 100, 150 drops like that. And so there's still a long way to go. And then I'll probably do a, a diet break maybe the end of November. But I was going to do one earlier, but so I how don't. Long are you looking, how long are you looking to cut? Have you got a goal, uh, composition goal? Or have you got a set um, plan? 
Well, I think I'm going to kind of play it by ear a bit. So I don't have... Yeah, I've got... Well, we want to do a photo shoot. Well, I want to do a photo shoot. So uh, it's it's going to get... No point putting Leon. No, 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 no. He needs to yeah. join me. I'm like... We've got to promote what? our brand. Yeah, I'm like... Come on, we're oh, yeah. Photo shoot, photo shoot yeah. in the best. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm fine with that. Do a nice aggressive four week mini cut. Exactly, I'll be ready. and you'll be fine. So, but <laughs> be fine. So I've never, I've not competed or anything. So I've never seen how far I can go. So I'm quite keen to do that. Um, so as 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 calories get lower and I get leaner, obviously I'll put in some more diet breaks, refeeds around there. But I'm I'm looking at five months at least um then you could probably have a peak week for the photo shoot mm -hmm. yeah and yeah so i imagine you could time it so leon has a mini cut yeah anyway yeah that's then with this section of bulking yeah that's and then, the plan yeah come out with the labs and yeah you're both at lean and, yeah you know yeah, so that that is the the yeah, the, the goal, um, which is it's fun. I'm I'm excited yeah. for it. Um, I was going to do it early, but she said no. So I don't said. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem, you know, because I'm on recomp, so I'll wait, do the cut, and then take my calories up again. So pretty much no rush. Yeah. yeah. Don't have any competitions. I'm looking forward to soon. So I'm enjoying the growing phase. No, I feel like me. Yeah. I was talking to a lad who I, you know, I hope he's listened to the podcast. He asked a question which I shared with you. Mm -hmm. uh, he's about to do, he wants to do his first competition yeah. in the UK in May time. But as I said to him, I've got no plans until probably at least September, October yeah. 2021. Yeah, just have a good period mm -hmm. of growing. Then give me enough time then to prep if I reach all I want to reach. Yeah. Say by June, yeah. I've got enough time to. To cut Perfect. Yeah. Well, I think you know. Hopefully, what people can see by this sort of catch up is that we have a a long term plan. You know, it's not just like oh, I'm going to do so and so's program for uh, one month and then you know, and then I'll see. Yeah. We've we've got it all mapped out. There's there's a goal, you know, and for muscle building, you know, it takes time. Um, and I mean, these 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 plans are like a year long. Or, yeah, more. or more um, and I think if you if you're getting serious that that, that they need to be um, like that yeah most people do, yeah. do not give their bodies time to adapt to any well, stimulus they give women, it women, women's classic women's when the woman especially post competition or being super lean it takes a long time to get the hormones back to a yeah. status quo you know, back to a healthy level. It can take six months yeah, yep. to get back up to a decent firing level. So, you know, rushing from losing weight, yo-yo dieting back up, your hormones never, never, sort of, uh, you know, reach that sort of nice level. Yeah, you're They're never in your happy zone. But to a lesser degree. Yeah, and, and again, for women, you know, it is much, much harder for us to build muscle. We have less testosterone. And if you're a natural athlete, man or woman, and it's also going to take longer. Um, so hopefully throughout uh, this podcast, we'll just be giving you really great information about building muscle that you can apply to yourself. So I think let's, should we just start from the basics again, the, the mechanisms of hypertrophy? And Andy, you always uh, explain this really well. Yeah, so it's pretty quick. 
core mechanisms. Obviously, um, what's it? Mechanical tension, which is your weight on the bar moving from point A to point B, loading the muscle weight. That is, and then what this does is that, which I've spoken about before, myofibrillar hypertrophy, which is recruitment and building of new muscle fibers. Right? So that's like, you know, increasing the amount of straws in the fist. If you had straws, you know, your muscles are like, like a twisted wire. When you see that cable, it's all twisted wire. Basically, the fatter that is, the stronger it is. So, you know, by increasing the load and the amount of reps and putting the pressure on the muscle, you are having to, the body's having to recruit via protein synthesis more fibers to make that easier, that adaptive response. And that's all that muscle uh, building is. It's all about adaptive responses. Our body is great. We need to, that load is really heavy. We're worried that, you know, this acumen is going to get crushed by a boulder. Let's um, try and give it more muscle to, to survive. Uh, the next one is um, what we say, uh, the metabolic stress. We'll go with that one next. Metabolic stress is so what happens is when we get a pump and we're lifting weights, our muscles filled with fluid, what we get is cell swelling. And that cell swelling causes um, constriction, causes constriction to the muscles, which therefore leads to um, occlusion. So less blood going into muscle, and that's why your veins will stick up, because there's so much blood already in there, and it can't escape. Um, so what then needs to happen is lactic acid builds up, hydrogen ions build up, and they attack the muscle fibers. And again, your body goes, oh, well, we can't let that happen again. We need to have more fibers. We need to keep more fluid in the muscle to protect the muscle. So when it swells, it's more protected. So, and then what's the other one? Uh, we got mechanical tension, um, stress. Oh, and then muscle damage, which is still debated. But the idea is, uh, the idea is with muscle damage is, as we train, especially with eccentric portion, we frame those muscle fibers and it triggers um, an adaptive response from the body where the signals um, send go to the brain and say, we need to have stronger muscle fibers. So the mTOR cells, which are in charge of protein synthesis, fire up and we build more muscle. All we're looking for, all three, is a combination of all three in the training program to create those adaptive responses. Yeah, no, I think that's... Well, that's that yeah, no, yeah. It, it does. That's perfect. And if you do want to recap that, it we have the whole another whole podcast episode of Understanding Hypertrophy in that season two, episode two, where we go into a lot of detail. But for now, I think that's a, a perfect summary yeah. and really important to understand, to understand those um, so that when you are following a program or creating yourself a program that you really you know keep those in mind because if you're not 
you know, and you don't have a plan, maybe if you're new, you'll see some results, but soon you'll plateau and you won't see any. So, so um, setting up a program, I think we should just cover macro cycle, meso cycle, micro cycle. So I would, I would say your macro cycle is sort of, it's like a year, your year's sort of um, plan as such. And then okay, that's- Goal to goal. Goal to goal. It could be goal to goal. So yeah. you've got reach one point, you want to get to another. It's probably going to be a year. It could be longer. Yeah. But it's a long period. Yeah, so a good example is like your goal of competing in 2021. 2022. 2022, sorry. 2022. That is a, you know, so all the training within that will be a macro cycle. And then you break that down into meso cycles. Um, And, you know, those can be, you know, from a a month to... 12 weeks, maybe. 12 weeks, round about that. And within those, you have a specific, I would say, sort of stimulus and you're trying to train and and goal again and then broken down within breaking down the meso cycle you have micro cycles so that can be your training week by week yeah um and so i i mean everyone kind of does this differently and so you know a lot of people will do meso cycles some might be like on in that meso cycle you'll be focusing on strength the next mesocycle, you might be doing uh, a hypertrophy, yeah. a, a more of an accumulation phase with slightly more volume. And you kind of, you can go through those mesocycles like that. Um, and commonly breaking mesocycles would be a, a deload. Um, and that's just letting your body recover from accumulation of fatigue, pretty much. Um, yeah. And I, I think... Well, I know we've talked about this before. We we try and do like a four week meso cycle, the then f- take a deload. Yeah, on the fifth in the week. fifth week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much the same for me. I think now if people have a coach, your coach will have a, an idea. So when you send you, you contact the coach, your coach will be saying, "What are your goals?" And then your goals are your whole big macro cycle will be the whole periodization. Yeah. Then your coach will split down what needs to happen at each point to, to achieve certain small goals to reach that end goal. So, you know, it may be a small, like, you know, so if someone, to me, wants to start immense physique and they've got pretty much straight down the line figure, uh, physique, what you want to say to them is, like, we need to work on maybe shoulder width first. We're going to spend a lot of time, maybe two minutes of cycles, really prioritizing delts. We're trying to get our wedge shape, delts and chest. You know, um, but you know, then your coach will work on your programs with these goals in mind. When you're doing it yourself, you have to think almost objectively. Don't think about what you like doing. Think about what your goal is. Yeah. Your goal is this. You've got to start thinking like a coach. You can't think, oh, I love doing these types of rows, or I, I hate squatting. If your goal is to grow big glutes, you know, or quads or whatever, you may need to spend significant periods of time under a bar. 
you know, you may have to do hit thrust. So you may have to, you know, so when you're programming for yourself, you have to be objective in your programming and work out what your goal is and how you're going to split up the year to reach a goal or split up the period of time to reach a goal. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, if you've never done that before, that's a really good place to start. You know, plan it out with your macro, you know, your big goal, and then break it down into these cycles. Because if, you, if you're if you just sort of training by the fly, and you're doing so-and-so's Instagram workout, and kind of hoping, hoping that this is going to get you to your goal, it won't. I yeah. can guarantee you it won't. You end up switching workouts every four weeks before, I think before any adaptive adaptive response happens to the muscles you're just switching from yeah. strength this week you're jumping into an endurance session next week exactly yeah. exactly yeah. right and, and that's why Pat, hey, i think people have to look at their body almost like a business when you set a business you do a business plan and it's got a long-term plan in and then you work out how you're going to achieve that yeah you need to spend that bit of time if you're not going to use a coach on your own, writing down your goals and drawing essentially coming up with a roadmap how you will achieve that and keep them to each section. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. And so, like moving on from there, there's I mean, progressive overload is key to mm-hmm. building muscle. Um, and along with progressive overload, you know, we're looking at volume, we're looking at intensity, and then all these other terms you might have heard of, like RIR, RPE, SFR, MV, MAV, MEV, there's all of these, and they sound really complicated. But again, when you break them down and you understand them, and you can apply that to your training, it's going to take you a long, long way. So let's just start with progressive overload. Um, and that is, you know, as Andy said earlier, your body is so good at adapting, your muscles will adapt to the stimulus and you want them to keep adapting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you need, you, to grow muscle, you need to create like a stressful environment. Otherwise, your muscle, because it adapts quickly, like you said. So you need to create that environment through your sets, reps or load. So... You, there's no two ways to it if you really want to grow muscle because you, your body quickly adapts to the how do you say to the environment you you put it in yeah so when you're looking at progressive overload volume and intensity are really important so intensity is this i would say the effort and the weight that you're you're lifting with yeah pretty much See that, and then yeah. so definitely not the effort, the effort yeah. above and the load. Yeah. yeah. And intensity should never change. Not really. Like you should attack any rep range with the same amount of effort across. Even if you're trying to do twenty reps, you should give it the same amount of effort as doing ten reps, five reps, six, yeah. reps, whatever it be, maximum effort. And you know, yes, you you know, there's obviously reps in reserve. But the aim is to get close to maximal effort as you can, you know. And I think with most people listening, reps in reserve, unless you've got a coach or you're a very experienced trainer, probably don't work. So you you might as well take maximum effort to every set because you know that is the intensity. More intensity got 
intensity creates density. Yeah. Uh, your muscles are working. You're getting trying to get all the fibres firing to to move that weight. And that's yeah, as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, reps in reserve is RIR. So that's one way yes. of gauging your effort. Um, another one is RPE, so rate of perceived exertion, and that's a scale of uh, one to ten. Well, RPE is a funny one, right? Because yeah, it goes the opposite. Yeah. by you, which is a very subjective thing, because people think they're training hard until they train with someone who's actually training hard, and then they're like, yeah, then they're like, wow, actually, I thought I was training hard. No, I wasn't. And that's why when you see people saying I'm training hard, then they train with someone or say oh yeah no it's such and such killed me today in the gym yeah. or yeah. you know or you know i'm scared to train with first because i know they weren't training hard before <laughs> but i think sometimes if you can do get a coach have at least try and if you are a coach try and spend one training session with your people just one to make sure they know what effort really, that intensity really is and once they've taken it to uh, 10, they then know where they can cut back with 8, 9, 9.5, 10. Yeah. So I would say 10 should be you're midway through the lift and you have to drop the bar. You, you know, you are, you've reached that point on your last rep where you can't re-rack that weight. Yeah. If you can re-rack the weight, it's probably a 9.5 yeah. if you can only just, and it takes all your rep when you're shaking and you can just about get it on. That's probably a 9.5. Nine would be you're shaking, 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 and you get it on, but you're not worried about dropping your head. Yeah. Yeah. Eight would be you can rack it. You probably had one more rep, good rep left in you, but until you've reached failure, you won't know how to do reps in reserve or RP. Truly. Yeah, and, and I mean, true failure. True failure. Yeah, it's and again, like Andy said, I think if you can. Even if it's not your coach, but or because your coach might not be in the same country, but you could always work with a, a personal trainer for one session or a training buddy that you trust and just push yourself because it is so important to know that you are working close to failure if you truly want to the, make the most of your your hypertrophy. Yeah, and also find someone. Sorry, find someone you know is training proper hard mm-hmm. but the person you see in the gym but everyone's kind of scared to go in their gym training and, and not stupid well, beast mode but someone who is training no, smart and hard topic, yeah. knows what they're doing trained intensely but with good form go interrupt the mid-session but when do they finish and then they say can we grab a training session People are generally nice to say, yeah, let's just have a training session together. The worst case scenario, you're going to really want you there just to re rack, help and rack the weights, <laughs> do some drop sets. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you'll learn a lot from that session. Yeah, and also I think with uh, like RPE and RIR, choosing the exercises to factor that in is very important because. Like a bubble chest press, if you try to do like failure, say RP10 or RIR0, you will die because, you know, you can't re-rack. So just be be smart when you're choosing exercises to factor in uh, such intensities like RP and RIR also. Mm-hmm. And I've told you my trick. If you're training on your own, you're doing something like chest press, 
don't put the collars on the leg to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. So if it does fail on your chest, you can actually slide the weights off. Yeah, wiggle off the weight. <laughs> and I think a double win on that one, it will show you if you've got one side that's much stronger because yeah. you'll fall off. <laughs> You have to balance the weight 100%. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Yeah. I, never put, yeah. I never put collars on on squatting. I only ever put it on if I think, like, say, deadlift, only if I'm right at the end of the bus do I ever use collars. Uh, dumbbells are the only, if you're using adjustable dumbbells, only time. Um, but generally, your lift should be balanced. Yeah. Deadlift should yeah. be balanced, your squat should be balanced, your chest press. Yeah, because so, chest press is yeah. very is a scary exercise when you're training alone, man. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> I I I know because I try pushing every week and I'm like, oh goodness, should I start screaming yeah, halfway man. through the rep? There's no one who will hear me, but yeah. Dogs looking at you. We can't help you. Sweet. Yeah. So we we've I'm shown. Like <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, because. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people claim to train with intensity, but you find it, you know, it's which I'm guessing we'll go to, but it's just junk volume and volume and yes. intensity are two very, very different uh, principles, so to speak. People think they're training hard and they've got to sweat. Yeah. Sweating isn't training hard. <laughs> sweat is not, not when it comes to weightlifting. <laughs> it's, it's, your cardio is working hard and you're hot. Yeah. But just because you're sweating doesn't mean you're actually training hard. It yeah. could mean you're training hard, but it may not. Yeah. It's not an indication of how hard you're training. Yeah. yeah, so I think let's just go a little bit into volume and intensity. So you you need you need both because there is a, a minimum effective volume for you to build muscle. Which but, is individual. Which yeah. exactly, which is very individual. You know, you might be seeing, you know, it said, oh, to to grow it for hypertrophy, you must be getting between, you know, ten and twenty working sets per muscle group per week. And yeah, that might work for Leon here, but for me that might not work. So it is very individual. So this is where a lot of trial and error will come in for you to figure out yours. But then from there you have um, so you've got that minimal effective volume, but then there's a range to the amount of volume that you just can't recover from. And that's where more is yeah. not better. And that's where you're entering the terrain of what we were just saying, the junk volume. Um, and that and is... And extending yourself. You know, everything you do, you've got to be able to recover from. Yeah. Because you need to be able to go into each session and lift with the same quality as a session before. Yeah. And, if, and there's no point going from one session, being so beat up, you get to the next session, and your lifts are rubbish. Yeah, especially if, you're, if you've done chest on Monday, say maybe you're doing it again on Thursday and you feel like you haven't recovered, then maybe try, you know, lessen a set or and see how that plays around the next week. And just mm -hmm. find the volume that works for you slowly because most people are in a rush and, you know, programs are there like five times 12 and it's just, you're not a robot. You're not, you know, yeah. think outside the program. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we've all done this. Yes. When I used to train yeah. legs, it would take me a week to get ready to do my next leg session. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, I'm my legs twice a week. I have to think about that. I have to think about, well, I don't have to think about it. Holly thinks about it. I have to think about what can I recover from for my next leg session. Yeah, true, true, Because true. you shouldn't be going into your next session ill with Dom's from the session before. If that's the case, let's just tweak, reduce, you know, maybe take off one set here or there, you know, work it out, maybe change your rep range, maybe spread out your week so you've got the rest days, a rest day in between or whatever, you know. You just yeah. got to make sure you, you are and enough sleep and good nutrition. Yeah, because now I do lower after like two sleeps and i'm good but honestly if i use the same volume like i used say beginning of last year yeah i would not be i'd be deloading every two weeks or even every week but you you train <laughs> at a high intensity now as well yeah like, it's really it's, changed yeah yeah uh, you, it, there is a very fine balance between the volume and intensity so i mean i, I used to be a yeah. Yeah, because I used to also be. Ten sets of ten. Yeah. On the exercise. It takes hours to do, but a lot of that start off with first set of ten, beautiful. The second set of ten, decent enough. Third set, decent. By the time you're on set ten, it's half record, half of it. But you're knackered. You know, that is what is junk volume. Yeah. yeah. Because if you can't lift with the same form, from the first set to the last set, you know, you need to standardize that form. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the way to look at it. I agree 100%. Um, and so throughout your meso cycle, you know, you want to be progressively overloading, um, maybe with some volume, but um, definite, you know, volume and or, well, sorry, not volume, but either reps. Um, or the weight you're lifting, um, and like Andy was saying, you need to standardize, you know, your your intensity and your form in your form, yeah. so that you can compare. Every week, every lift, every session should always look the same. Yeah. Right? So then, when you're making the progress, you're either adding one rep or a small incremental bit of weight. You know that is going to be used you're not adjusting your form to lift that extra weight so like you know people and i made this mistake when i was younger i'm sure other people have trying to progress too quickly as well mm-hmm. yeah adding too much weight to the bar like and here's the thing dumbbells in a gym setting are the worst this because they jump right that's why i prefer being at home with adjustable dumbbells they're harder to rack get up because you're a bit sticky. Yeah, they suck. But <laughs> no, but you can yeah, add yeah. yeah, you can add increment. Right and this week I bought one kg plates, four one kg plates. Because yeah. I've already got four half kg plates. So now I've got yeah, I've now got one kg plate. So I can do these little changes. One one uh, half kg, one kg, two kgs. Yeah. And those tiny incremental changes will still have an adaptive response. Yeah. And uh, for guys who are like wondering what we mean by like standardized form and intensity, a good example is you do your 100 kilo squat today, you did five good reps, nice and slow, and you wanted six, you know, you're pissed. Then next week, 
you still want that six and then now your reps are more you're just bouncing from the bottom to get to the six that way it's not standardized because yeah. your your reps last week were slower by you know two seconds but now they're faster so you can hit the six and that that brings a bit of uh, difference when it comes to your progression and you mm-hmm. find you know it's it's not the same cause, yeah because you're your no, your eccentric should be the same yeah because it's like what you're saying like i see people squatting and when weight goes up and their feet get wider yeah <laughs> you're like that's and, the, and, and also the eccentric you know, like speed increases yeah well you're recruiting different muscle you know muscle fibers mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost a different exercise now yeah yeah so you need to be able to keep your feet in the same position and use the same tempo. I always say mm-hmm. three seconds of eccentric, a half a second at pausing at top and bottom, and, then, and one second of the concentric. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's standard. I do that on every single leg, or I try to. Yeah. Um, and, and if I'm not doing it, my first bit of progression is making sure I am doing it. So I'll have the same weight the next week, but then try and make sure I'm doing the correct tempo. And that is the first bit of progress, and then go from there. I think that is so overlooked. Yeah, I so, so overlooked. Like you say, everyone is just so obsessed with adding weight. But what is the point of adding weight now if you're now going, like you're doing a one-second eccentric, <laughs> then you go back up, hang up there for like five seconds, then and you're, you're like, well, you know, you're not, you're not actually progressing there at all. Yeah. Um, and your lungs change, your regular movements change. You're yeah. now doing... It's got heavier, so you just do half reps. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you don't realize it, and this is sometimes the important of one having a, a training partner or spot, but also recording your, your sets occasionally. Yeah. Just look back and go, actually, my form was rubbish. My, mm-hmm. I need to work on my form before I start messing around with weights and reps. Yeah, yeah. And then once that's standardized, yeah, and your videos look the same week in, week out, and the only changes is one the amount of reps or the amount on the bar. Yeah, because, uh, what yeah. is it, Mike Menser used to say, um, uh, like, growing muscle is not an endurance contest. <laughs> you know, go in, stimulate the muscle, work, leave, go rest and grow. You're not trying to compete. Uh, you're saying you're not trying to uh, compete with how many sets you can do each session. It's all about muscle stimulation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I found my sessions go longer now, not because I'm doing more volume. It's because when I'm lifting so much intensity, I need a longer rest yeah. between <laughs> either sets or sizes. Right, and that's the only reason my sessions have got longer. But if you find yourself in the gym going from exercise to exercise, and you're there for two hours, you're doing too much volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you find after all that you're leaving and you're like, "Woof, I could, I could do an, I could do a bit more." Yep, you're, you you're, yeah, you're just you had a workout, you did not train. You. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important. Yeah, it's the yeah. No, no, I was going to say. Well, there you go. There's, you know, like when you're, well, especially as a PT, when you're taught, you know, rep ranges for hypertrophy, uh, twelve to fifteen, yep. um, and. You know, it's not. It can yeah. be anywhere from five to thirty to to, to more. Yeah. Um, but if it's three, then you might need more volume. 
but yeah, true, true, but true. I just for me I found I used to get so married to yeah. um, uh, reps like okay if my program says 12. four by twelve I've picked my weight and I've done twelve but maybe I've got you know six reps in reserve I'll still stop I'm like no yep. you know <laughs> don't be married to what your program says all the time obviously it's there for a reason exactly. but you have to push yourself. If it says 12 reps and you're not pushing yourself, do more and then the next set, then you can add your weight and try and get it more in line with that yeah, 12. Get like your, your true 12. And, and I think a lot of the problem stems from, especially for magazine days, you used to get a magazine, you don't put it up and say, Jay Cutler was doing this, you just copy. <laughs> or you can get out the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Encyclopedia, and it says this wet range, you know, here's a sample program so you copy it. But what I prefer to do with my clients, and I know what he does with me, is give rep ranges. Mm-hmm. So I normally do on big heavy compounds six to ten. Uh, on on slightly different, it might be eight to ten, or it's a twelve to fifteen or fifteen to twenty. So therefore, you lift within that rep range. It gives you a window of actually reaching your maximum. So you don't just get to 12 and go, that's it. That, yeah. You know, okay, I've got 12 to 50. I've still got a little bit more left. I'm going to squeeze out two more reps. I'm going to grind them out, those last two reps. So you've done a 14. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah, it's, it's really game-changing when you give yourself that rep range. Um, and especially, you know, if... Again, like with your, you may be limited with your equipment or your weights. You you know you need a, a range to work with. Yeah. Um, and within that range, you know maybe week one you do the same. You do whatever forty kilos for twelve reps. Week two you can do forty kilos for fourteen reps. Week three you can now go to forty five kilos. Maybe you go back down to twelve reps. So you're always progressing in one way so yeah. that is really important to understand that yeah and another important issue for all this you need a logbook or some like a notebook otherwise you you'll still be doing zero work because how do you know you've progressed from january to you know november so all this we're telling you just make sure you have somewhere to write your story and watch your progression because Without a logbook or a notebook, yeah. you're you're just uh, you're. Like a, you said, I have my logbook on my phone. Yeah, I do both. <laughs> yeah. Whatever's easier for you. Just have Where somewhere. you will do it, you choose that. Otherwise, you'll be you'll just be like a wanderer. You're lost in going around well, you in can't, circles. You can't possibly analyze your progress. You just can't. Yeah. You can't. Um, yeah. So when so we let's just say we've taken our four weeks, we've progressed each time in those four weeks. Then we come to our deload, and then for the next mesocycle, you can do the same exercises that you were doing in the previous mesocycle, you know, and you can just try and progress again, you know, or you can change them up. People do both. Um, so you can get, you know, two months from the same exercises, even three months if you want to, as long as you're progressively overloading um, in those movements. Um, and it, or if, you, if you're someone who does get bored easily, you can just change up, you know, like we've said before, as Andy's always said, you know, 
keep the keep the movement pattern but you can change the exercises you know if you want to um and this just you know this just really shows how you know you can people get so bored you're like oh i've done this for two weeks you're like you can be doing this for three months or more <laughs> three years. and you know then you can really see how you've progressed and yeah. uh you know it's just it's not all about switching it up this is why you need a solid goal and a roadmap. So you go, right, what is my goal? My goal is to grow, to, to, to fit this sort of thing. So you know, I need to grow my legs and my shoulders. So you'll know those exercises are beneficial to that. So it's better to keep with those exercises for that period of time. Yep. You know, and perfect those exercises. A plateau where progress stalls then maybe change it to a, a different exercise along the same movement pattern. Yep, and I mean that way you you can you can program for yourself for years, and you don't have to add in, you know, fancy this or fancy that to keep yourself entertained or to think you're confusing your muscles or stimulating your muscles. Yeah. You know, once you've learned these these basic principles, you can just apply them, and uh, you know you. you and, you know, I was questioned by a client last week when I did a block. He's like, oh, these are much the same exercises as last blocks. So, yeah. But I said, I don't really need to change the exercise. Oh. only a certain amount of gym equipment in a gym. There's only a certain amount of exercises you can do in the gym you go to, for instance. Yeah. But we want you to be an expert on these lifts. And the rep ranges are changed, our focus are changed on what's our priority for this mesocycle. It's all part of building that long-term goal. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I always say, um, you go to the gym and, you know, you've done your workout for one month, two months, and you're not enjoying it. You're like, uh, like what we've just said, oh, the, it's the same stuff, you know, same movement. A hack squat and a barbell squat is still a squat. Then maybe hypertrophy training is not your, it's not what you should be doing. So, you know, there's there's yeah. lots of ways you can get fit. Yeah, you can get hypertrophy. All about consistency. Yeah. Same things day in day out. Consistently tick those boxes. Yeah. Get the basics in place first before trying to complicate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If if you're getting bored, you know maybe. Try other stuff. There's CrossFit. There's powerlifting. There's, yeah. but when it comes yeah. to stimulating muscle growth, this is it. There's no, you know. Well, there's also like I was saying before, like within like, with your meso cycles, you can do a meso cycle of more your sort of strength yeah. work. Then in the next meso cycle, you can do a bit more volume. You yeah. know, a little yeah. bit more, what you call accumulation, uh, working more on your sort of um like metabolic conditioning yeah um and then you know that way it is you know you are you are changing things up a bit and i i personally do like to train like that yeah with can, different blocks you can even add a power you know a power training block in in your mesocycle you can yeah. yeah um so i think should we go to some nutrition now yeah. Or are there any other points you want to add to the, the training? What well, I mean is, 
Um, and the, the, the keys are consistency, intensity, and you know, just no jump volume. Yeah. So for your nutrition, <laughs> it does need to go hand in hand with your training if you want to build muscle. And the optimal, the optimum nutrition for building muscle is being in a calorie surplus. It does not need to be a giant surplus, but a surplus is an optimal environment for you to build muscle. You know, there are studies that you can um, build muscle at maintenance and in a deficit, but it will be slow. It will be slow. Um, and you have to have everything else absolutely on point. You have to be, you know, progressively overloading. Um, you know, your recovery has to be on point. There are so many other factors there that you might not get right that will not lead to you growing muscle. So calorie surplus. I think only growing a deficit is very unlikely unless you're completely new mm -hmm. or you've been in a coma for like. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, then, then you'll only grow because it's all novel stimulus. So yeah. It's like, oh, the body's actually using the muscles for the first time. Mm -hmm. Generally, 99.99% of people will never grow in a deficit. And yeah. never grow in a maintenance. It, it's so hard. So, yeah. And it just, you know, no one wants, well, not no one, but many people just do not, they'll look for any other reason than to go into a surplus. And because you are going to gain body fat, it is inevitable and women in particular are not keen at all to go into a surplus but if you are serious about building muscle this is what you gotta do and you're not doing it for a small period the longer the better and as you heard us talking in the beginning you can break up these uh your bulking phase with mini cuts um there's you know there are lots of ways uh, to go about it in the long term, but eating in your surplus, you know, two, two, three hundred, five hundred calories. I don't know what you, your, your yeah, guys's surpluses, highest surplus has been, but uh, I've, I've gone up to even twelve hundred, like I've, I've, surplus of twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've, I've, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> few years back it was more of an experiment and i yeah i, I think we, we reached like 12 30 above which was it was crazy but you got quite fat i, I did <laughs> accumulate a lot of fat but honestly for me when i'm bulking or just doing you know experimental stuff uh a bit of fat doesn't bother me because i know yeah what it takes to it's yeah. about what is your surplus because it's very individual because very, yeah. there is a basis to work out your maintenance calories and the surplus, all the formulas. Yeah. However, if you are lifting with intensity and all these correct forms we were talking about, there's a good chance you are using more of those calories than you would otherwise. Yeah. Once you give it a jump volume and you're lifting the volume you meant lift with real intensity, You'll burn calories, more calories lifting because your heart rate's more elevated during training and your muscles are firing so much more. So your your maintenance then adjusts a little bit because you know what you're actually your what you you know performing increases. So therefore, you know, you can reduce your you know, you can 
burn more calories despite your body size. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I always tend to start off with a 500, you know, 500 calorie surplus. But then people quickly catch up with that because once you start putting on some mass, lean tissue uses a lot more energy than fat tissue. So therefore, once someone has leaned up, like they've reconned, their weight may be lower, but they're probably utilizing the calories better. Calorie, uh, the nutrient partitioning is better, their sleep's better. So, you know, to be fair, I was reading this week about the only true way to work out someone's calorie needs is trial and error. Yep, yeah. that's what I always say. Yep. So different, and this is why you need to keep to a plan but for a protracted period of time, just so these things can be implemented. What happens if you increase some carbs? What happens to their body composition? If you reduce, if you increase fats and reduce carbs, what happens to their body composition? Yeah. You know, these things, and as a coach, the longer you work with someone, you can find what really works that person. You really get to, and therefore, you'll know, actually, I can actually give that person a thousand calories uh, above what, on paper is that maintenance and they'll get through those calories still and the actual they won't pop on as much fat as say another person just purely by you know it could be their fidgeting levels it could be someone who doesn't sit still they're very busy naturally so you know the trial and error is key over time yeah mm-hmm. it's uh, like clear put up a post where just don't get caught up on the numbers the calculator the calorie calorie calculators give you and you know because a lot of people yeah. focus on the number and then they tell you i'm in a deficit but i'm not losing anything so it's just a number it's meant it's a to, guideline it's a guideline yeah and you can but use it you know. calculators i always think are really inaccurate compared to your coach working out the, for, the basic formula Mm-hmm. I find the more complicated the calculator online is, the least accurate it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do pretty simple ones, but nothing beats trial and error. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe for maybe for some women, you know, it would be way too scary to think of a five hundred surplus. You know, you can just start slowly, you know, and even two hundred, yeah. and just increase gradually and. I think if you're going into a surplus, it is great with a coach because you probably freak out as soon as you see, you know, you can pinch a little extra fat. You'll be like, oh, going back into a deficit, can't take it. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy because you're going against, you know, your body doesn't like you underweight. It doesn't like you overweight and it is fighting against that. You're going to be fighting against your appetite, a lot of things. So when we're in a surplus, I guess you're Yes. As you said before, it's that a mental state of worrying about looking fat, worrying about, you know, if you're someone, as I've said before, it's always quite hard for someone who's been overweight and gone into really good shape to then let go enough to build more muscle and be relaxed in doing that. Knowing, it's having that knowledge that if you choose to lose body fat, you can. And that's a liberating thing. But sometimes it takes a bit of time to say, weight, body doesn't mean that, goes, goes down. We are learning that we are now in control of that. Yeah, it's very... Rather than letting our diet take control of us. Yeah, because it's, it's also very mental. 
I think people forget that part. We think of the gym and the food and we forget that it's really mental because you'll be going to the mirror and you're like, man, it's been two weeks. Should I continue bulking? Maybe I'll add cardio. Maybe I should start sprinting. And you find yeah. some, some people add in activities and don't tell their coach. And just... <laughs> yeah, now you're not in a surplus. Yeah, right? you're, you're pretty much in a deficit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so when, I mean... Exactly. And then people like Colin bulk I know. and what we mean is they put themselves in a tiny surplus which is fine but then they're fine they're doing extra exercise extra, extra cardio, cardio yeah. yeah so actually that up and, look, and the thing is like it may not even be intentional but your calories if they only got a little bit your body will adapt quite quickly yeah. make you move around more make you fidget more mm -hmm. and you'll burn up those extra 200 calories in no time mm -hmm. And you won't even know when you think you're in a surplus and you're not. Yeah. So therefore you've got to, I always think you've got to make sure that surplus is big enough that it's hard for your body to adapt to immediately. Yeah. And it may take a couple of weeks to get to that adaption. Therefore your coach can then adjust it a little bit more because they're keeping an eye on it. But if you don't do enough adaption early on, your body quickly adapts and you waste a week. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of macronutrients in a, in a surplus, um, I know when I'm in it, you know, my protein was, it was, it was, it was average. It didn't, it wasn't super high. Um, and I tried to, I really tried to bring my carbs up. Um, and I kept, fat was pretty high, but I tried to, I think I do better on more carbs than fat. So that, I think that's where it will come down to, to you if you want to, you know, increase your carbs or your, or your fat. I don't know how you two like to do it. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, especially with clients, it's, you know, which foods are you, do you enjoy eating more fatty foods or, you know, starchy carbs? So then that way you just work out the macros and choose one energy source because your body will, will always work with one energy source at a time. It can't be you know, processing carbs and processing fats at the same time. So uh, when I do, do it with clients, it's more what foods will you adhere to eating? Are you, will you enjoy the lean meats, you know, maybe the bacon and eggs, or are you more of the rice, oats? So that way it's easy to plan for someone, the, the meals that will help them get their goals, so to speak. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, and I guess fat is also, I mean, you can get some dense calories in there. Yeah, fat, yeah. <laughs> fat is very calorific. I'm sure the listeners know. <laughs> thing is, I, I think it's consistency. And as I was saying to you before the call, I, I've been eating the same meal like four times a day, every single day. Because I know exactly the macros in that meal. Yeah. <laughs> I will then have the same thing and a single single ingredients single source ingredients make ourselves so it's consistent so you can track it and you can keep to it yeah and it's all very consistent and that's the key to building muscle consistency and tweaking small things here and there so for me as we found out because i've got uh, blood glucose issues i tend to have very moderate carbs higher fat more proteins, well, relatively high protein. When you tend to first start off with playing with carbs, 
and go from there. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's yeah. oh, you back. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know when th- this yeah. is so so. Yeah, <laughs> this is so important. You know, you when you're trying to build muscle, the first thing you should not be thinking is, oh, what what supplements am I going to take now to uh, build muscle? Like Andy says, he's consistently consistency eating those uh, four meals or whatever. Yeah every day yeah training progressively every day you know sleep your sleep your recovery all those that we've always said over your um supplements but if you are going to you know if you've covered all of that and you can do it consistently consistently then you can start yeah um looking at uh, more uh, niche (laughs) supplements if you want to say this will make you laugh. Last weekend, I was talking to uh, another client. Um, I took on two clients last week. But I was, I was at the dog show talking to this one guy who asked me to train him. I was like, yeah, no problem. His friend who was with him started talking to me. He goes, do you reckon, because he's just over, he's over 40, he goes, should I go on to testosterone replacement? TRT. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, have you had your bloods taken? Are you low on t- testosterone? You know, are you just wanting to do that? Because what you need to do, and a lot of guys think, so I must be low testosterone. <laughs> have your blood taken, but be consistent everywhere else first before that, so you know you're in a healthy state. So when your bloods are taken, you can go, yeah, I'm in a really good position. Oh, my testosterone is low on the test. Rather than eating all this junk food, having your bloods taken where your testosterone will look low because your diet's so bad and you're not lifting heavy weight. So your body is low in its testosterone because it doesn't need it. You need to be consistent for a period where you're eating healthy, you are training heavy, so your body's producing max as a man, producing maximum testosterone. Yep. Right? And if your maximum testosterone is very low, then speak to a doctor about TRT. Not, I'm just going to do TRT for the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, makes yeah, it's the same. It's the same as uh, the one guy eating one meal and buying, you know, all the supplements in the store, and nothing changes, and they're wondering why that's happening. <laughs> it's it's you know there is no there is no magic. It's just understanding all of those principles and applying them consistently. You know, you don't have to you know go and buy whatever supplement and think that this this is going to work um you know you once you've covered all your bases then then perhaps look at um and the same with your some people get quite obsessed with the anabolic window or you know getting in x amount of carbs at this hour or things like that it's you know when it's again just consistency um, and I mean, it has shown that, you know, eating protein consistently throughout the day, you know, is better than like just one giant feeding of it. So, yes. um, and, and, you know, like, like with you and Andy, you eat your carbs at a certain time, but you don't have to, it's not going to be magic. If you eat, you know, all your carbs around your workout, you're not, that's not wow. going to necessarily lead to superior muscle growth. No, there's some benefit. 
get your foundations in place first. Um, and I was having this conversation with him week all the time. It was about making sure he eats at least four times a day just to spread that protein out. Yeah. Because especially when you're trying to gain, and the analogy I use is it's like you're running a building site. So your muscle, you know, your the house you're building is your muscles, and you tore cells and little builders. Now, if they run out of bi- and, uh, bricks, are protein. If they run out of protein, they run out of those bricks, they can't build a house. If you've got too many bricks on them at once, they can't use them all with enough time. And those bricks get stolen and will go to waste. Right, so imagine this. You need to have a consistent conveyor belt of bricks throughout the day to build that house. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that's that's such a great analogy. You always have the best ones. <laughs> um, it just describes it perfectly. Um, should we do a couple of questions? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Um, question one: Are you able to strength train and be on a fat loss program? Yeah, definitely. Yes. yes. <laughs> So you may get diminishing returns. You, your strength, you need to know what your goal is. If your goal is to be stronger, your goal should be be stronger. And everything you do should be fueling that goal. Yeah. Being in a deficit is not going to fuel that goal long term. Initially, you may get strength increases as your muscles start. But again, it needs building blocks. Or if you want to lose fat, you know, there are two different goals. So you need to choose which goal will work on that yeah yeah and because yeah i think you can still strength train in a calorie deficit well but you like should say, to maintain your muscle yeah, yeah you if uh if uh bringing your numbers up is your main goal then maybe you know start working on a maintenance towards a surplus because your energy needs will just be more if you're intensely working to put on strength so mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think figure out which one do you want to achieve yeah. first. Is it get stronger or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, get some abs. Okay, so question two. Many reps with manageable weight or few reps with heavy weight? <laughs> Just that. Interesting. Does that have to be one or the other? Yes. People are so convinced there's only one way of doing something. In a program, you should have both. Yep. You, know, you want to change all the rep ranges. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. yeah, clear. Say it nice. You know, five reps to 30 plus and play around with yeah. it. Yeah. There's no magic you one that's going to grow your muscle. Yeah. Do both. No. Okay. Question three. Top exercises. Pardon? Sorry? So I was just going to say, keep intensity no matter what the rep range. Yes. Intensity stays the same. Intensity, yeah. intensity, intensity. <laughs> That'll be the. I think that's what the podcast will be, the title for this episode. Intensity. 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 <laughs> okay. Intense podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we work yeah. on this podcast zero RIR. Yep. Yep. Every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Question three: Top exercises to achieve hypertrophy. Um. Number one. All of them. Well, <laughs> there is, you know, there is no, you know, this is going to be so individual. You're going to yeah. have to look at your biomechanics 
Again, there's no magic exercise for hypertrophy, but you will choose your exercises, you know, based on so many factors. What equipment do you have? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Andy? I'd also say, you know, look for is, do you find a certain exercise easy? So I know people that are very good squatters, naturally. Their knees are great. They have some of the worst-looking legs because it's, it's, it doesn't stimulate the muscle. It doesn't cause an adaptive response. Mm -hmm. So don't take the easy routes. Oh, I like this exercise. I find it nice and easy. Yeah. Choose the exercises that are challenging to you without causing you physical pain. Little niggles, a little bit of aching is fine. But if you get sharp pains during any exercise, that's not for you. But find the ones that are challenging. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's where also what uh, I think Clea said it when we started, the SFR, stimulus fatigue ratio. Uh, yes. The higher the stimulus and the lower the fatigue, the better the exercise for you. So if you're, you know, an example like barbell squats, uh, they're just getting you tired. And like Andy said, your knees are just getting banged up. And then when you do, you know, hack squats, you're feeling good, you're ready for the next. Maybe hack squats are better for you than the barbell squats. So Yeah, and then if you find that too easy, yeah, you either need to make them harder. Yeah. Or find an exercise that's a middle ground. Exactly, yeah. So could be heel elevated squats, could be smith machine squats. Find something that's challenging but not painful. Yeah, I think yep. that, that's where also don't get married to an exercise. Like mm -hmm. we always say, if it's getting you banged up, you know, you're, you're just getting nervous system fatigue, you're never recovered. Maybe it's time to switch to a different exercise, maybe same movement, but different. And you'll find which one works for you that way. Otherwise, yeah. So it's very individual yeah. and, and based on a lot and, and definitely a lot on your biomechanics. Yeah. For sure. So there yeah. are no magic ones. Nope. No magic ones. <laughs> I mean, everyone sort of has their top. Ooh, my, these are my top three that work for me. They might not work for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Exactly. If there were magic exercise, everyone would be massive. Just mm -hmm. the yeah. same exercise. Yep. Yeah, because you find you get a pump doing a certain, you know, shoulder press and I do it. I'm just like, I'm just feeling it in my tricep. Yeah. yeah. So if that's the case, also for this is also go, this goes for guys who have training partners, just cause your partner is growing, doing a certain exercise does not mean you should do the same one if you're not feeling it. And if, a, if you have a good training partner, they'll understand, you know, tell them, this workout does nothing for me. This exercise does nothing for me. I'm going to change. So, Yeah, and then just, you know, get someone to check your form. It could be that you're just not doing yeah. it right yeah. as well. Um, Andy, I didn't, I didn't write this question, but you were asked it. Should women do heavy um, chest, chest, chest presses? Oh, yeah. um, yeah. Chest and delts or chest and shoulders. Yes! The fact is, no, because you're not possible. It's a yeah. crazy question. The mechanisms of hypertrophy, <laughs> and I'm sure this person knows it, so they were just trying to ask a question. Just, you know, stir the bait, maybe. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, mechanisms of hypertrophy, same for women and men. And if a woman chooses to want to have muscle 
then the mechanisms of hypertrophy are there and it doesn't change. So yes, women, if it works for them, heavy chest breasts, and heavy is relative. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, first doing heavy shoulder presses or lap presses, if it's their goal, you know, do what makes you happy. Yeah. If you want to be hench, be hench. Yeah. It won't make you manly hench. to have a little bit of muscle. Yeah, it's not. Uh... Yeah, actually, uh, the more muscle you have, the more you can eat. Enjoy yeah. it. It's the same, um, the same thing. Like um, I remember, men shouldn't hip thrust or do the hip abductor and adductor. It was a women's yeah, no, exercise. <laughs> yeah, like women should not chest press. Women, yeah, <laughs> women should. I do, love training chest yeah. and shoulders. I think they're my favorite. This is the top of young girls at school. PE lessons. Teachers will get boys to do things like press-ups. Yeah, true, true, true. They never ask if you So from an early age, they don't build any chest muscle. And so when we do finally get into a gym, they find all the pressing exercises hard because they've never been told to do them from a young age. And I think, and, you know, and that's the thing, I think you know, men, women, boys, girls should be doing the same things from at school. Yeah, all the way through because the same principles remain. Yep. Okay, next question. Is it true that genetically some people can't get shredded? Hmm. Well, <laughs> no. unless they've got, not genetically, yeah. if they've got serious thyroid issues or serious metabolic issues, then possible. But yeah, anyone can get shredded. Yeah. It's whether it's healthy for you based off your health markers. Yeah. yeah. It just takes some people longer than others. Yeah, it's not. People hold fat differently. Yeah. For instance, I hold most of my fat on my lower stomach. So I can have big shoulders and chest all the time, no matter how much I bulk up. But my fat placement isn't on my lower abs. So it takes me a long time to um unfold all that fat away clear that fat away and, have yeah. abs. and we're talking it could be within four weeks of a show where my abs finally come through the rest of it's shredded you know my legs shoulders arms and it just takes those last few weeks to get my abs uncovered yeah. so it's, that's genetic yeah but you can still get you can there. still get there you it's, yeah. it's get not there. an excuse <laughs> um so a similar question is it true that some people can't genetically get abs well, I mean, we all have abs. Um, they're a muscle. They're a muscle like any other. Okay. The principles of hypertrophy apply to your abs. And obviously, genetically, some people have, like Leon's got, you know, huge, mm. huge arms, small calves. That's, that is genetic. And some yeah. people just do have... They're not small anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> some, I mean, some people do just have bigger ab muscles that even with a higher body percentage, yes. you can still see them. But um, you can you can still get shredded and see your abs, you know. Yeah, everyone has them. Yeah, just maybe and different they, shapes. You don't need to work your abs to see them, but you need to lose body fat. However, if you want bigger muscle, it's like any other muscle you need. And people genetically, their abs lie in different depths of their body. 
you know, people put on fat different, you know, different positions. Yeah, but the fact shapes. is, as you said, everyone has that dominance. They're there. They're just wearing a winter jacket. Yep, mine are there. They're just waiting. I'm like you, Andy. Like, top abs, they'll come. Bottom ones will be here a while. Yeah, mine are on holiday. This is why I say lats. Lats are king. Lats are king. Abs are boring. Yeah, abs are boring. Yeah, my abs are on holiday till corona is over. You've just got a gorilla pack at the moment. Yeah, now I'm a a power lifter, so don't, don't ask me to... Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, (laughs) genetics obviously contribute to a lot, but, you know, as so many bodybuilders have shown who don't have superior genetics, you can still work really hard and, you know, get amazing results. And also for people, well, if you're listening, don't say genetics when you've not even trained for a year or two. And you're busy like, oh, I'm not genetically gifted with this or that. You need to put in the work to understand the genetics or rather your genetics. Trump's genetics. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Someone is working hard with good genetics, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone's got good genetics but they're not working hard, the person working hard will look better. Yeah, because that's just. I'm sure there are a lot of genetically gifted guys out there, but. They don't know. They've never been to a gym. They've never tried, but they just have their, you know, genetic gifts swimming around or whatever, their DNA, but there's only there's one way to know. Great genetics, and we've talked about this loads on the show. Who chooses the wrong programming? And <laughs> yeah, true. yes, we look decent and we look great, but they can look a million times better yeah. just by being consistent with what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. And I think that is an amazing place to finish this episode which is getting long so like i said go go back to season two uh re-listen to episode two about um we go more into depth and sort of the mechanisms of hypertrophy and there's no magic formula there's no magic nutrition number macro split that is going to get you jacked you just need to follow these basic principles of progressive overload you need to periodize you need to set your goals plan your year you know and you've got to you know get used to being uncomfortable for sure if you want to build muscle it's going to get uncomfortable mentally and physically so you know prepare yourself for that give you know dedicate a good chunk of time to building muscle these things don't take three weeks three months People train for years. I mean, if you listen to that episode yeah. with uh, Kamal, he's 50. And I mean, you know, so he didn't get that way overnight. Nope. So you've got to put in the time, you've got to put in that hard work and, and be smart. And consistent. And consistent. <laughs> yep. Consistency and intensity. Yeah. <laughs> Those are our favorite words. Yep. <laughs> it's consistency. Yep, that's, uh, that's, that's the secret. Well, we, um, yeah, that, the secret, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally, we tell you the secret. Secret, I know, that's what we should say. Yeah. Well, we, um, the magic, we... The magic pill. Yeah, the magic we'll, pill yeah. is... That, Intense Yeah, that'll be our clickbait. This will be our clickbait, listen, I love it. Listen yeah. to the end to find out the secret to hypertrophy. Oh, I love it. Well, we, um, we, we practiced, uh, if you're listening to this, you won't see it, but we have practiced filming ourselves because we are going to YouTube. Mm. 
Um, and then you can see our uh, yeah, our lovely faces as we record. Yeah. Yes. We've made a big effort to look good today. Soon, no, we'll, we'll. No, today was just. Uh, yeah, you've got well, you've got very <laughs> good behind. Practice recording today. Yeah, but um, <laughs> thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions. Um, some good ones. Uh, we enjoyed those, um, and really hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I feel like it could be much longer, but we will cut ourselves short. We will rein ourselves in. All right. Never. Never. Yeah. Never. Okay. Never <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you all in the next episode. Well, uh, yeah, soon you will be seeing us. Yep. Ciao. Bye.